Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. SoapCon Live is proud to partner with The Locker Room to bring your favorite daytime stars to your living room with free live panels starting May 1st. Sponsored by Soap Opera Digest, Retro TV, and It's Real Good TV, check out SoapConLive.com to see the complete schedule, purchase autographs, video greetings, or book your virtual meet and greet with your favorite soap star today. We are back, guys, with Believe in Soap Operas with me, Darrell Anthony, and my favorite co-host ever, Lucretia Lyon. What's up, girl? <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's me, Lucretia Lyon. And the way that the uh, mics and everything skipped there, it almost sounded like ho-host. And I was like, that sound, I think that's what I want to be called from now on, ho-host. Yeah, I'm with that. <laughs> like Christmas time, but I'm like, we are. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, again, I love um, the theme song. It's like my favorite mm-hmm. thing. And it just makes me so sad about how many soaps are no longer like with us. But, you know, as we continue to talk about every week, the resurgence of soaps is happening. I can feel it. It's in the air. It's 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 got a good feeling. And we're seeing a lot of people return back to their soap roots. We talked about Cameron Matheson and Sean Blakemore coming back. And it's, it's, it's great. And you know, we saw it when uh, Nathan Parsons came back as Ethan a few months ago. Yeah. And, and Kim Delaney, yeah, as, yeah. you know, the new Jackie Templeton. Like, and, and, all of this is GH, but they're not the only yeah. ones, right? Yeah. <laughs> but and we listen, just love them the most. It's, it's fine. <laughs> and and it's, a, it's a testament that those people want to come back and they, they want to check in and, and, and do that again when they don't necessarily do. So I'm, I'm super excited about it. And there's rumors actually abound right now that uh, Kimberly McCullough will be t- returning as Robin for the special tribute uh, for Sean. I'm super excited about that. Yeah, what's cool about the Sean O'Reilly, you know, or John Riley for Sean Donnelly, like, the names are so close, is that his daughter Caitlin too will be playing his daughter on the show that they, you know, named after Anna. I remember like that being a part because this, you know, Sean was also, Sean and Tiffany were a part of, was it the 50th anniversary um, episode? Not that long ago. Like, and, or, because it looked that and Luke's exit were very similar and very close. So I'm always like, wait, which one was that and which one was this? Yeah. Right. Yeah. They came back for, uh, I think it because it was being written by Ron at the time. Yeah, uh, I was doing it, and it was when they first had like the toxin, I believe, in the water. It was like one of his first major stories, and you know, as we know, Ron loves to bring people back from yeah. the that. So I think it's great. I listen. I think it's great. Anytime we can get more of our soap characters, actors, friends, directors, any kind of thing to do in the soap world, I think it's pretty amazing. I think one yeah, thing I would and, say. and that's what's cool about like Lawrence Saint. Oh yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. It lagged for a second, but I was just like, go ahead. Oh 
Yeah, I noticed that. And I was like, yeah, Lawrence St. Victor even got in the writing room for Bold. I know we're kind of jumping around here, but I was like, that was kind of a good segue to talk about that because that's so cool that because I really love when shows let their actors like go behind the camera sometimes because who knows that best than the actors themselves sometimes. And yeah, not everybody's a wordsmith. Some people are directors like Kimberly McCullough. So yeah. it would be cool to start seeing her show up maybe behind the camera on GH since that's her real passion. Or someone like Katie McLean, who's also a director. But yeah, you had, uh, what was it on Guiding Light? Uh, Grant Alexander, didn't he direct episodes there? But I, this is the first time I've really seen someone write. Ha, do you remember anybody else writing in the past? I don't remember anyone else writing now. Obviously that was in the past where people said the actors, you know, would sometimes have to <laughs> yeah. Love their story based on tenure, but I don't remember a time in the past where someone was allowed to write, and especially in the capacity of which he did it. Like his name was on the script, uh, he had a lot of input on the storyline. Um, obviously, kind of that's something we want to talk about in the weekend soaps review that we're about to do because the yeah. book he wrote in the show that aired had a new developing storyline for his character. And there has been a lot of scrutiny over at Bold and the Beautiful right now for how they have maybe been handling. And I've talked about this a lot of times on this podcast. You guys have all heard me talk about it, about how Bold and the Beautiful treats their African-American characters sometimes. Um, and it's a very interesting, it's very interesting how they do that. Um, they had a whole family on there with the Avants that were kind of shoved off. They all disappeared. And then you had a brand new family come on um, to replace them. And they did a storyline a few weeks ago. I don't know if you saw it where they put something in this girl who was Black's drink. And then she started like like having flatulence on the show. And a lot of people oh, were like- Oh, I know. Like, and only about the fart, but there it goes. Oh, like. <laughs> Like, you would never do that with Brooke or yeah. Hope, any of those characters. So why do it with like one of the only African-American characters you have? So that's going to be very interesting. But before we get to Bold and the Beautiful, let's talk about a weekend review with all of our soaps. Mm -hmm. Young and the Rest, first up. Okay. I have to say, I didn't get a chance to check out the full episode of The New Faith. Um, and she's played by Rylene Castor. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, she, so I didn't get a chance to actually like watch her full episode, but I did see a clip um, that was released and she seemed pretty good. She seemed like she fit in right away. Yeah, to me, it was almost a seamless transition. And that's really hard, especially when you're following such a great talent like little Alvia Lynn. I mean, she was so good and so perfect for Faith. But yeah, Ray Lynn has just really come in and just, fit right in with uh, Nick, especially. Uh, I love seeing that and her with Moses. I like that they're kind of going there and developing this friendship with them because Moses seems like a wonderful kid. And it's nice to see like, yeah, Faith's got this dark side, but, but you saw like she told Moses right away about um, what happened. And then he was just like, yeah, cool. I mean, do you not remember? I mean, and he talked about Neil and, and that to me is I'm like, YNR is really starting to do some things right. Obviously not everything, because they're still going in that weird direction with Sharon and Adam. And sorry, guys, just I'm never going to be a fan. Certainly not. <clears throat> and again, I think Mark is the perfect Adam. It's just the writing for Adam as the victim. 
I don't like that no matter who it is. That's why I don't like certain characters on any of the soaps. And so mm -hmm. this is really annoying um, and, and it's not cute at all. It, it makes Sharon look bad in my opinion, but I'm fine. I'm always team Phyllis or team Vicky or team Nikki. Yeah, like so, so that, you know, oh God. <laughs> yeah, anybody but Sharon. Every time this is the hill that Lucretia will die on, <laughs> you have to understand this. Listen, um, there's comments and notes yeah. where you say that Ray is hot. Now, I've been knowing <laughs> that the show was hot, but I want to know why all of a sudden you think you're so hot. Because I think the rest of the world has been there, but now it seems that you're just getting there. So what happened? Well, I mean, Jordy himself has always been hot. Right. Uh, the, the character, you know, he was a little dull in my opinion. It's sort of like what they've done with a rape over on days. It's like I when you get that say fire, that. we totally dig that fire. Like yeah. <laughs> because they are like, you know, they're they're similar cops and they're kind of they kind of have to be the good guy and they feel like annoyed by it sometimes. And that's mm -hmm. where I will say their characters are similar. Um because like that's what you see. You're like, "Oh, they're they're and this is what I like is we're getting a little bit more of him just being like straight up done with Sharon. But he's like, no, I care about Faith and I'm going to see her through all this. Like, great. But yeah, we're, we're done. And like it was when he was in that scene with Victoria, because I am a Victoria apologist. I will call that bitch out any day when it's like, oh, poor, you know, oh, Billy. Like as much as I love Billy. No, uh, -uh don't go there again, honey. Like him and Lily work and him and Amanda would work. But I don't want to see that again. But we're talking about her and Ray, though, and she needs some bad. And if they aren't going to let her and Ashlyn hook up, which that's my dream, let her <laughs> and Ray because they've both, you know, been been screwed over. And it's I love Chelsea. I but I also love that Chloe is done with her. And I certainly don't see there being a Chelsea Ray thing. So where's Ray going to go if he sticks around? Why not Victoria? I think I think that's cute, and I kind of liked their scenes together. Well, I love that you like you know Victoria. I don't know if you saw there was a scene actually. So first of all, giving props, Emma mm -hmm. Kindly, she's great. I think she's she's obviously played the role of Victoria longer. Oh, yeah. But there was a scene online the other day <laughs> that I sometimes find myself watching every time I get on Twitter, and I find myself looking for it. And <laughs> scene with Heather Tom and her final air date on Young and the Restless playing the role of Victoria. And when you look at a scene like that, that is the heyday of soaps. That is the, oh my God, the bee's knees of soap operas, like the music cues, the direction, the lighting, the art in the room, the, the way the actress carried herself, the way she ran the props and they didn't run her. It was so beautiful. And there's just something about the way that Heather Tom plays any role. She went over to One Life, as we know, and yeah. she played the role of Kelly. Um, and she wasn't popular. You know, she wasn't popular, but I will say she was obviously- was a good I think, Kelly. Yeah, I think she's like, better than uh, Tracy Melchior, but I I will and say her that and Dan I, were the best Kelly and Kevin pairing. Yeah, Dan and her were great together, but I think it was tough because when you have Gina Tognoni, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of tough. She's but the she, best. But she had a Kelly storyline that was a really big one. You know, it was one that like crossed over to all the soaps, um, at least all my children, at least, um, and had a lot of cameos and people were yeah with the uh, baby Ace. Yeah, so so people really like that. Uh, was, uh, was little Adam? Yeah, and I think people really mm -hmm. like 
those moments where the stories can interact and you can really give the character something to play with. But what I was saying is watching that with Heather Tom the other day, I was just like, damn, I miss Heather Tom as Victoria. And again, mad props mm -hmm. to Emmy winner, Amelia Heinley, because she's won Emmys playing Victoria. I'm not trying to downplay what she has done. And she's definitely made the character her own. But it's the first time I've ever really been like looking at a replacement or a recast where I'm like, I really miss Heather Thomas, Victoria. And I don't know what it is, but there was so much gravitas that she held in that role that I feel like they're starting to finally get back. But that may be why people were annoyed with Victoria from the for quite some time, in my opinion. <laughs> Well, I don't like when they portray her as weak because Victoria Newman is anything but weak. And that's why I don't really like the pairing of her with Billy now. Like when it, you know, and again, I love Jason Thompson in the role. I think he's a great Billy. I loved Billy Miller. There's been a lot of great Billies. It's not an actor preference. It was just the stories were different then. And it's yeah. like with her and Billy, they were really good with Billy Miller in the role and it, and it really worked as a couple, but with Jason, like he honestly had his best chemistry with Gina Togioni and I love him uh, with Lily. He's, he has great chemistry with Crystal and he looks great with uh, Michelle Morgan as Amanda too. And I much prefer that because there's a different side of Billy. You know, we're all like that. That's what's so human about soaps is you do have a different, you know, feel with everybody. And I feel like with Billy and Victoria, there's just too much history. And it's a soap, of course, eventually they'll find their way back into each other's bed. Like, but let's let Victoria move on. Let's let Billy miss her. I don't like her being portrayed as the week because she's Victor Newman's daughter. And she's shown that so much lately. I love evil Victoria. Yeah, I mean, look, the best thing about a recast and what I think a lot of soaps have to really take on is they have to be more like General Hospital in the sense of, just because you replace someone, that's your opportunity to almost rebirth that character. I think it's the opportunity for us to see them in a different pairing and see if the chemistry yeah. is going to click. You know, and people have been talking for years with Laura Wright and Maurice Bernard. They're like, listen, they like just done Claire on dates, yeah. Too, but they're like, they don't really click as Sonny yeah. and Carly. You don't want to hear that. And you know, we were just talking about nope. letting strong shine, and I have to say. On General Hospital, I feel like they really do that. Next up is Alexis in prison, um, and that's storyline. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and now, you say Alexis should have a prison romance. <laughs> in Hall, for some reason, General Hospital is the only soap place I know in the world where prisoners are co-ed. I don't. I don't. They all, and they're yeah. all in the same room. They're all in this prison room where they can talk to their friends and family and be on the phone and do whatever they want to do pretty much. It's like, guys, this isn't a mental institution where you can all hang out in the same comedy. <laughs> it's like, no. Yeah. yeah, this is Pentonville. Eggs ago, they had that other good prison storyline with, was it Franco, Julian, Sonny, and Ava were all in prison at the same time. And they should have never been able to interact with Ava, but they did. And then you had the Ryan and Nell stuff. And at least they sort of explained that with like work and with Ryan, it's like, he wasn't, there was some suspension of disbelief there that you're like, okay, you know what, this one I could maybe see, but yeah. with Alexis, I am more thinking uh, she, she goes Christina's route. So I was like, no, I'm thinking uh, Alexis, uh, you know, either, you know, is the bitch or somebody's bitch, you know? Well, here's mm -hmm. the thing. 
I wouldn't be surprised that they would try to take an opportunity to say because a woman is not happy or she's not in a good place that she's gonna all of a sudden, you know, try females when we've not seen that from Alexis. Mm -hmm. I think you see, it would be fun, but would it be something that would <laughs> that the audience would buy into? I mean, when it comes to the suspension of disbelief in soaps is really difficult, right? Because we watch soaps to escape. But a lot of times we're like, all right, I can't escape that far. That's not completely <laughs> I did a podcast the other day. Oh yeah, this was all a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like none of it's real. I did a yeah. podcast the other day where I talked to a gentleman no. and said, how would it feel, how do you feel about TV shows not pretending like COVID exists? And I'm like, well, I'm torn, right? Because, you know, Grey's Anatomy, they're a hospital show. And they yeah. took the route to show COVID. General Hospital did not do that. And a part, I go back and forth thinking, would this have been a great opportunity for them to tell a story? And I think that, unfortunately, General Hospital went the route of we don't want to be divisive because then they would have had to take certain people in Port Charles to take a stance on whether they felt that the virus was real or not. Oh, because yeah. if you're going to be realistic, they would have had to do that, which would have brought in politics. And I think that all the drama that we know have been happening on that. <laughs> yeah, I was right. like, it's not that they don't bring up politics, but they try not to do it on the show unless it is like a like when when it was Laura versus Ned. That yeah. was a smart plan because you like both of them. They didn't really sling the mud, but but again, cause for less drama. But I do feel like that's where they try to go is like down the middle. So like, because soap fans are divided just like everybody else. And and you want to have the the respect for that. And listen, I do hope Alexis has something. <laughs> I think that it might be Sean because as we know, they're co-ed in, in uh, Port Charles. Oh yeah, because that would be hot. Like I just thought it would be funny if uh, she, she finally understood Christina a little bit more because it gets lonely in prison. <laughs> she could do that. She could do that. Listen, I feel like though, when we talk about prison, I feel like Abigail from Days of Our Lives is gonna fight in prison as well, because she is going to literally strangle the life out of Gwen and her unborn child, which honestly, I have a prediction that that might yeah. lean in direction. I mean, it could be happening also. with the way Days writes and how Ron is. I'm like, is this going to be Chad's baby? Or did Dr. Rolf give her this enzyme to have her bring in the Stefano number two to the world? And she's basically going to be Stefano's other baby mama. Oof. Whoa. Like, like, I didn't even think of that because I, I thought that they were making Gwen a little bit more sympathetic so that this could be real um, with Chad and that she wants yeah. to have the baby because, you know, that's her family now. Like, and she's always wanted a family. I was like, I thought they could have gone a nice redeemable route with Gwen. But I like your story much better because it's funny because I actually like Abigail and Gwen both. That's why these like me and my mom are like laughing our ass off when Abigail is like, yeah, then you should take care of it. Just like so shitty to her. And we were like, this is funny as hell. Like I've been team Marcy Miller, especially I've been team Marcy Miller. She's since the so good. Yeah. I've been more team Marcy Miller the second time around because they're finally giving her the ability to make Abigail that strong character instead of the damsel in distress. And let me tell you, Marcy Miller is being hanging with, but her line last week was she said, and you better damn well do it, sis. That, <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, who you been hanging with? You using the word sis? I appreciate it. I think that that was a great use of showing that she's a much stronger character than Gwen. Um, you know, I love Paulina. I mean, listen. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah. The fact that Jackie Harry is on Days of Our Lives and all homegirl had to do was send a tweet and say, I want to be on yeah. the show. And they made a whole family for her. That's the shit I'm talking about. Twitter people, get on Twitter. Your dream job might be out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like she is just a force. I mean, She's and really she elevates everyone around her because we already loved like Xander and Eli, but now like that whole, everything about that scene, I love her relationship with her daughter Chanel. Like it is just so funny and so relatable. It's like, yeah, she's lazy. She, she's trying to get around not working. Like, and Paulina is this self-made woman, but that's what sometimes the, the, what you gamble is wanting to give your kids things. So it's such a good storyline to begin with. And then you yeah. add the funny element of Xander being drunk out of his mind and marrying Chanel. And then Eli being like, who's savior? Like their faces the whole time. This was fun. I love when things get fun. It was very fun. And I have to say, yeah. I haven't seen a soap character like Chanel, who was manipulative <laughs> since maybe Amanda Dillon on All My Children, played by Chriselle. Love you, Chriselle. Oh, yeah. You know, if it was Blair, who, you know, was first played by Mia Korff and then Cassie DePaiva, when, yeah. you know, Blair was, back in the day, <laughs> Blair yeah. was out there for money. She was doing mm -hmm. what done um, before she became a mother, kind of like Carly, to be honest. You know, I feel like Carly and Blair so happy when yeah, when Sarah Joy Brown came in, like that was that Carly. Like right. the character changed with each actress, but yeah. Yeah, I feel like Sarah Joy Brown was the manipulative Carly. I feel like mm -hmm. Tamara Brown was more of the mob wife Carly. And then oh, yeah. Laura, she kind of had some of the mob wife. She's kind of going back to that now, but she really became like a mother. Um, yeah. which is a good thing because I think you need that character, but she also became a delusional mom, which is the best kind because <laughs> yeah, everyone else's fault but her own. And it's like, Carly, is anything your fault? Like you take any responsibility. And I think that's a testament to Laura's, you know, acting ability. I think that she, I think that she's in on the joke that people think Carly's annoying and she's okay with it. Well, uh, like hell, and, and this is where earlier uh, in a discussion I even joked about, I'm shrieking, I'm going full Carly. Carly is a character that I love to watch regardless. I love to watch her win. I love to watch her lose. And that is what all of these actresses have done with that role. And that's there's a reason that Carly keeps getting recast. And Laura's been in the role longer than anybody else. And what Laura really sells that really speaks to me and people I know is that Carly is this real person. She full-heartedly believes every fucking thing she sells. And it's so great because it's like, yeah, she is that narcissistic mom. Like, Carly is total Karen, but, like, it's so entertaining when Laura does it that you love it anyway. And and I really have to say to the soap fans out there, so I know a lot of you guys have been on Twitter and, you know, in, in the chat rooms and whatever, saying very negative things about Laura, and I speak about this weekly, but to be fair, as you just said, Lucretia, Laura is the longest one who's played Carly, and Carly has always been a shrieking type of character. <laughs> yes, so, like that's who she is. She keeps kids away from their parents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you hate 
Carly, just say that you don't like Laura because that's what it's about because there's no way that a character who's literally been the same way since inception, she came onto the show, she took her mom's husband, she slipped him, passed off his baby as but she did a bunch of things. She then tricked Sonny, who at the time was the anti-hero of the show. People loved him because, you know, Maurice Bernard back then, and people was like, oh, Dimple Sonny. I mean, he's still- <laughs> Those dimples, yeah. He's adorable in this storyline with Nina, by the way. Oh, he's so adorable. He's like yeah. little- and I, I love that. Yeah. I know that Maurice is an actor who likes different storylines and different situations yep. who don't want the same story and situation. Um, so yeah, I just want people to be a lot kinder. Laura Wright, sure, but don't say you hate Carly. You don't hate Carly. We love Carly on that show. Mm-hmm. You just might get in it. But like Tamara Braun is Carly. There were times mm-hmm. so sanctimonious the way she would deliver a line and let anyone who know. Same thing, Sam. Jason don't want you. That's when you remember Carly. Mm-hmm. Was- Sam's face. Jason don't want you. I can stop it. She was in Robin's face every day. Oh yeah. I love Tamara's Carly, by the way. That's where I first was introduced to Tamara. And that's why I love that we got Ava Vitale. And Tamara just turned 50 yesterday. I I couldn't believe it. That woman looks amazing. Like That's amazing. You can't tell that she's 50 at all. Um, But yeah, you know, that's what happens, guys. Any soap we go back and talk about. uh, Yeah. we know which is our favorite but you know before we end on soap conversation to get into some news i wanted to talk about the storyline that's developing between quinn um and carter i like that idea i've never really liked yeah with eric um i've never really liked the story with quinn with eric and only because it just completely changed the dynamic of the character of eric so i'm actually happy that quinn is in different storylines, the storyline could be better. But I do like the fact that Quinn is mixing it up with someone else. Yeah, like when I saw that as a possibility, I was like, ooh, this intrigues me. Like Bold recently has really tried to bring me in. And I wish I had time this last week to really watch it like I did the week before. Because one thing Bold has is very talented actors like Rena Sofer. And then to put her with someone like Lawrence, who's multi-talented with writing episodes too here, it's like, ooh, that's interesting. That makes me want to watch. Or like Scott Clifton getting to be Scott Clifton at his best, being funny and and ridiculous and poking fun at himself. Like that I'm here for. And and I hate to say it, I kind of like Flo. Like, I, I think Katrina is interesting, and I do hope that they go somewhere with that character. And I feel like Sally fits it Y&R. Like, they're really bringing me in these days, and I'm glad. I actually think Katrina, if I'm not mistaken, Katrina actually, I think, started on um, One Life to Live. She played someone who used to bully um, Star when she was in school. And I remember she came on there. Was, I think either she oh. was... She was the recast, or she replaced the original girl, but her name was Brittany Jennings. Oh, it's all coming back to me. Oh my so, God, I remember Brittany, yeah. <laughs> the last star in school, and uh, yeah, she, uh, Katrina was on there. She, I think she, I think she played the original Brittany, and then the second girl, her name was Portia something, I think. I think yeah, because what's funny is Jonathan Groff's character, like Jonathan Groff, as in like Hamilton, uh, Frozen, that Jonathan Groff, 
He yeah. played a character that um, was obsessed with Britney, and then he was supposed. To, uh, this was during. It was one of sadly one of the mass shootings back in the day was a school shooting yeah. that where that was their plan was Jonathan's character was going to shoot up the school with Star and Cole and Britney, and then his character or whatever. And it didn't happen because something happened, you know, in the news, and they quickly rewrote it to where he just has an accident and dies, like a car accident with everybody involved. But that was so crazy to think about, like Jonathan Groff. <laughs> yeah, I so for all of you out there, I actually, you might notice I'm in a different location today. I actually have been hanging with Eileen Kristen Albe, who famously oh. played uh, Roxy, uh, Delia, few, and we were literally going over the soap history. We were talking about oh. One Life and and Roxy, and then we were talking about Ryan's Hope and everything earlier. And I was just, you know, that's what made me really think. I was so excited about today's episode to talk about the history of soaps, man, like where they've all been from, how many people have been just intertwined with them in life. And I think it's, I think it's so great. I mean, that's why we have so many people coming back to the soaps now and in and, and different capacity and ways. Support for Believe in Soap Operas is brought to you by Just Live, a trusted source for high quality wellness CBD products created by athletes, just for you. Starting a new business is tough and stressful, so I couldn't have started SoapCon Live without Just Live. It's in the name. That's exactly why Just Live came out with their new CBD gummy line for people like me and you. There are six different flavors and functions, including sleep, energy, focus, immunity, calm, and vitamin C. Plus, they're completely vegan and low sugar. Just Live was founded by professional athletes Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, Travis Pastrana, and Paul Rodriguez because they wanted to create a CBD product that they could trust and stand behind. So if you need support with sleep, focus, energy, stress, or immune health, I highly recommend giving these a try. Right now, if you buy one of their gummy products, you get one free. There are six different benefits to choose from, and instead of just choosing one, visit JustLive.com and use promo code SUPPORT to buy one, get one free. That's buy one, get one free of the new gummy line with promo code SUPPORT at JustLive.com. I think that Lucretia just lagged, but I am still here, guys. And we're coming up. We are going to be talking about soap news, which I'm super excited about. A little bit of a lag. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of things to discuss now. We've already been talking in soap news about Lawrence St. Victor being able to pin an episode of the beautiful. Super, super excited for him for a multitude Mm. of reasons. I don't think that there's enough African American writers, and number one, in writing, but in soap. And I think it's really great to see with a lot of diversity things that and, and questions we've been having all over the world in these discussions that we are seeing daytime, which has honestly been one of the first, you know, with a lot of things they talk about AIDS, they're the first to do that. They're the first to have a, you know, gay couple on television. There's been so many firsts that you've seen come from diversity moves um, with the soap community. So I'm glad to see not just on screen, but behind screen as well, to have an actor, not just any actor, but an actor of color who we know he has, Lawrence has been creating web series. He's been creating other shows off the bat, but it's really good to see that he's able to do this um, on the job that, you know, pays his bills and they're able to take his, you know, give him that chance. Yeah, that's the thing is I'm just so excited to see things like this because as we were talking earlier, it's like, when has an actor been given the reins behind the scenes like this in the writer's room on the soaps? Like you see it in some of the primetime shows, you see it in the movies, but it's like 
on the soaps, usually the writers, because especially like with the lot of them are now, the writers are in New York, the actors are in LA, and you're like, there, there's no crossover. But the beauty of Bold is that Bill Bell, you know, or Brad Bell, uh, excuse me, is there, and he can work with his actors. Yeah, I, I think called I him his dad. <laughs> yeah, no, I and I mean that's an honor. And, and <laughs> yeah. I think it's great when real life you know, what people go through in real life can really interact with soaps. That's why I'm so appreciative for General Hospital bringing back, uh, you know, uh, Caitlin Riley, who is John oh. Riley's daughter to play his daughter, Anna, on the show for the tribute to Sean Donnelly. I think that that is what I really appreciate about, you know, General Hospital, especially we've seen it with the Alexis episode. We've seen it with yeah. the Sunny episode. We've seen so many tributes go out to a lot of people that we love and care for. And so for them to be able to honor Sean Donnelly and have so many people come back from the 80s, which who knows who all we're going to see. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be pretty cool. And actually, I have a prediction. I feel as though we are going to finally see what's going on with Holly, because I couldn't imagine Emma Sam's not somehow making an appearance in an episode about John Riley. I, yeah, I like that'll be really cool because I think that is going to happen because they do like again, you know, COVID and everything, guys. Like Emma Sams is in England and even had COVID herself, but she yeah. was able to tape some stuff because there there were plans for Holly, and so it's kind of nice that that they can typically work things out with people. So I hope that there is some inclusion of her some way, just like Kimberly McCullough said she filmed something. So you know. We're yeah, having a I'm, lot of blasts from the past. We are. And speaking of another blast from the past, <laughs> my God, Carla Mosley, who yeah. played Maya Avant, which I was just discussing earlier on Bold and the Beautiful, is literally coming back to daytime. She's going to be stepping in for our dear Michelle Morgan in the role of Amanda on Young and the Restless. I am so excited. I'm actually going to tune in just to watch her. Yeah, that's so awesome. It, it's unfortunate that Michelle has to take a leave of absence because she had an eye injury, but I loved how she was so self-deprecating about it and so supportive of Carla for coming in and so grateful. This is, I mean, I, I've met Michelle, like class out the wazoo. And, yeah. and, and that's why it's like, I love, and just like with Lindsay Hartley when she took over for Kelly Monaco. I love that these actors, or Martha Madsen when she did for um, Becky Hurst years ago, I love when they support each other because it's like, yeah, like the show must go on. And, you know, it, this is their way of being like an understudy. Alive. Yeah. Right. Thank you mm -hmm. for keeping my character alive. I mean, look, yeah. I have to say, I remember I got into it with a fan online because when Lindsay Hartley replaced um, Kelly Monaco, they were just like, oh my God, Lindsay isn't even white, she's Hispanic. I was like, she's not Hispanic. You actually should be mad at the soaps who have cast her as a Hispanic character when she is in fact white. She's she she's not Latin at all. Um, and and people were blown away and they did research and said, oh my God, she is, a, she is a Caucasian actress, she's not white. I was like, right. Her being cast, Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald, Cara Castillo, um, on All My Children, Ariana Hernandez on Days of Our Lives, Lindsay Hartley has always played Hispanic characters because of how she looks when in fact she's not Hispanic at all. So she was a perfect substitute for Kelly Monaco, who's also of mixed race. So I thought it was I thought it was really well done that she was the person who was able to step in. Um, mm -hmm. And when we yeah, talk like about it stepping made total in, sense. Like I felt like she brought something. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and when we talk about stepping in, some shoes are harder to fill than others. Um, obviously, Kelly the Bod, my girl mm -hmm. Kelly. I'm so sorry, friend, but I know <laughs> she was hot on social media this weekend because she got a false positive COVID test, um, which a lot of people have been getting a lot of lately. And she did not want to. She she was upset that she thought she was gonna have to like miss some time off of work because she was ready to go. Um, so I know that they pushed her scenes, but my God, it's ridiculous. Yeah, like, and two, I love that she called out the LA County Health Department. That's one reason I'm glad I'm not back home still yet. Um, but because, yeah, they, they've really mishandled a lot of stuff. And I love when someone speaks their mind in a way, like, yeah, like, this affects her livelihood. She has every right to be pissed. Like, and, yeah. and I love the way that she handled it. And we love us some Kelly Thibode. Uh, like, I love Brit. I am so glad they're really using Britta and her mutter. Like they should be um, both powerhouse actresses, her and Kathleen. And I love that they keep, you know, my boy Perry Shin in with, as Brad, her bestie. But yeah, it sucks because, you know, that's her job. Like this is how she makes a living. And this is some bullshit. Like, and, and I kudos to her for calling it out because, yeah, you should just be able to retest and, you know, no big deal because it's a false positive. Right. And they, you know, LA loves to pretend like they do everything best and first, but that ain't that ain't true. Sorry, like <laughs> it's poorly run. No, no, no. We New York does it a little bit better. We get all the new music mm -hmm. first. Um, so <laughs> listen, I, I hate that for Kelly, but I'm ex actually excited that they're not going to temporarily recast her because yeah. I feel as though I've seen a lot of you know temp recasts, and we've kind of been down that road. And I think that if it's not going to change story or and unless this person is going to be out for an unspecified amount of time and that you absolutely have to have the character in there. I know soap budgets are very different nowadays and it's a lot harder to yeah. reschedule and change. So I respect that. However, I would much rather you just, if you can move, <laughs> around, if it's possible, um, then, you know, do that. And I think that um, that's exactly what they did over on GH. Yeah, it, it was nice to see that they worked that out because like you, it's like, I understand sometimes when stuff is last minute, you can't do that. But when you're going through your routine testing and it comes out like that, like um, it's nice to see that they were able to work around her schedule because, you know, she's doing everything right. She shouldn't be punished. No, no. And, you know, there's a lot more people, however, well, characters who probably should be punished. And I cannot wait to talk about our next segment, the winners and losers of the week. Now, this is Lucretia and our favorite segment because I feel like we can be shady because we're talking about characters here and not actors. Um, <laughs> so I'm excited to talk winner and loser. I have mine in mind. Are you? Do you want to go first and tell who you think winner and loser is of the week? You go first, because uh, like yeah, I, I, I want to know. Of the fans, because I feel like when I say what I'm about to say, people will be mad that we have to have a whole discussion. All right, here we go. My winner and loser is the same person. It's Abigail from Days of Rock. Oh yeah. It's because for the first time, I really saw her get some balls and be like, I'm not taking being ran over and having my mental illness honestly be put at risk because of all of you people. And props to that. 
The other part that's losing, though, is, you know, all of that to say that she's going against her sister for her husband, believing lies about her, who she's trying to reconcile with and sleeping with her sister, whom's now that she just found out about and her sister's pregnant. So within the past two weeks, Abigail's like, this is my sister and she's pregnant. I mean, obviously, it's been longer than two weeks, but Abigail, for me, I love the character of Abigail. I feel like I've watched Abigail grow up because I was growing up the same time she was obviously played by different actresses throughout her run but I love Abigail and I think that just makes her a loser and a winner and I know a lot of fans out there listen you said something to me in the green room Lucretia that I think a lot of fans really took to heart and they were like we loved Abigail being like well you better get an abortion sis because I will get rid of the baby but then a lot of people felt like (laughs) and that's a conversation that days of our lives should be having of telling a woman, and Jack had a line where he told Gwen, it's your body, your choice. I think that this is a very delicate situation where you have a forward thinking woman like Abigail, who's telling another woman, I don't care what's going on, get an abortion. So uh, while right now, right, because she's mad, but right now, they were like, Really hidden on that, but I think that's where the story is, and and that might be a way to connect with your female audience, which you know is 60 70 percent of your audience is females, and the other are gay men. So, yeah, yeah, like that's an interesting take because I will say that that uh, both Days and GH has been very smart to write the men like like uh, Jack in that scene, or like with uh, Valentine over Brooklyn. Yeah, it's like they've they've made a point to have them say like it's your body, it's your choice. But like you know, when the baby's born, or or, or like with Jack, like you know, w- what do you want to do? He's asking her questions. They're really doing a good job of toting that line and making sort of Abigail the aggressor. And I agree with you. Like I had Abigail in my losers, but yeah, you're right. She's kind of a winner and a loser in the fact that like she's got her fire back. She's not putting up with this and. What I love about this storyline and what I love about soaps in general is usually rivalries, you like both people. And I like both Gwen and Abigail, and I see both of their points of view. And I do hope that the storyline in some ways does lead to like Gwen being a better person and all that. But if not, like if she's pregnant with Stefano, like Junior, fine. That That's cute too. I liked your prediction. Um, that would be weird and funny um, since yeah. she was with uh, his son. <laughs> and yeah, with his son. Yeah. Well, she was with both of his sons. Both of his sons. Yeah, that's right. Chad and Jake. Yeah. So that would be a whole um, kind of thing. You know, yeah. I did see a thing about Jake last week that really interested mm-hmm. me. And I love Brandon Barash. I think he's mm-hmm. an amazing actor. Love you, Brandon. But a lot of people were saying that they felt like Jake has become a very, like, his char- is no longer exciting. His character is no longer exciting. Um, I think yeah, Stephanie... Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But Jake is, is kind of like a talk-to, and you know people hate those type of characters in soaps, right? Where they become the talk-to type of character, where it's like, oh, you only see me when I need to uh, talk. Um, Eileen Fulton, who played uh, Lisa Grimaldi on As the World Turns, she said that that became her character. And she was like, dude, just fire me. I don't want to be the old lady that everyone comes by and talks to. Yeah. Like I love Jake's friendship with Ben. I think that yeah. that's an important thing to show. Like, cause I love bromances anyway. I think it's adorable. Uh, I love that someone said their, their uh, name is bake. Cause I want to make sure it's to say, get baked um, <laughs> with them. I think they're adorable and and not everyone has to be the lead of their own story. 
uh, all the time. And I love him with Kate. I like him with Gabby. There's so much potential there. And I think that's what's frustrating because I honestly don't like the way that Jake is treating either woman. And it's so weird to me. Like it doesn't fit. And it's one of those things that the day seems to be moving, like all the soap seem to be moving people around and doing the chemistry testing. So I think that's some of it. And I do see that they probably are invested in him in him in the long run. And maybe like if Gwen's kid is Chad's or Stefano's, Jake's going to have some thoughts like this could really go somewhere. And yeah, because he's I, the one that kind of brought her here in a way like. Mm-hmm. It is. It's his fault that she's there. And thank God for it. because <laughs> It's like, his fault. Yeah, I love her. Happy having her on the show. I mean, listen, I'm always down for um, people to come in and different characters. You know, a lot of fans out there don't like. I was talking earlier uh, when I was talking to Eileen about it. I was like, a lot of people don't like different, like people coming on playing new characters. Not some people don't yeah. jump on. It's really going to depend on who the actor is. You know, like you said about Ashlyn. People don't really like Ashlyn, but they love the actor. Oh yeah, Richard, Richard Berge is great. And and sometimes I think it's it's about the actor and who you are. And that's why, for instance, I was also talking about Days of Our Lives earlier when Melissa Archer came on and Cassie DePiva. And it's like, listen, I love Melissa. I liked Natalie. I did. I know a lot of people who did not. Um, and her coming over today. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I have to call it like no it comment. is. <laughs> um, but, you know, Melissa went on to Days of Our Lives and she played a character that was like, you could have made her any other character, but this character, she was hiding an elephant statue. Uh, uh, no one cared about that. So those are storylines sometimes that concern me in terms of soaps. And I think that, you know, they could be better. There's a, there's yeah. a story that I always tease Eileen about from her days on Ryan's Hope when they had Delia kidnapped by a gorilla. And I'm so, she's so glad it wasn't her. And, and she would never do that. And so it's interesting how sometimes <laughs> plots and they move them around the soaps. Yeah, I, and, and that's the thing sometimes is, what? Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, it was a lag. No, 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 you're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's just where I'll say sometimes you got to let things play out because in and, and if you love the actor, you got to stick it out because I mean, and that's why I'm glad that Tamara Braun, for example, is playing Ava Fatale on Days um, and is getting the material that that really works for her because a lot of what they did with Kim Nero on GH was just like you know she's given 110 percent, but like the material is just weird and wonky and and it's hard to root for a character and and you can love to hate a character or you can love a character and there's so many things you can do but there's certain storylines that it's hard to come back from no matter if you're roger Holworth or not like it is what it is yeah um that's point blank i mean tamra braun raped a character on general hospital and i think that we are moving into a world where that can no longer be an option where you can celebrate those type of characters roger got lucky on one life to live he got really lucky yeah. Um, I think that the awards and the knowledge that that show did and trying to acknowledge that situation was great, but he got lucky because at the end of the day, 
Todd was still a rapist. I don't care what kind of hero you made him. I don't care who you partnered him with. I don't care how many times he took off his shirt. And that's why I appreciate the makeup and art department for keeping that scar on his face. Mm -hmm. That's important. You keep that reminder there. So anytime we look at Todd and we say, oh, he looks great. We're like, oh shit. Yep. He did that. My bad. Let me, let me just get off and listen. Marty was somebody who pretty much hated Todd right up until the end. You know, it's like, oh yeah. It was always good. As she should. And that's why I really like, like on General Hospital with Scotty, Scotty will always hate Sonny till the end. He'll mm. always, you know, those and Monica should always hate Sonny. That's why anytime I see Sonny or Carly inside of the Quartermain Mansion, I was like, why are y'all in this house? Yeah. In Monica's it's house. Monica's house. Yeah. Alan gave it to her. <laughs> he definitely did. I love when she says that. It's a staple. I love when other characters yeah. say it about Monica when she's not around. They're like, well, you know, that's Monica's house because Alan gave it to her. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. It- and that's one of those things. And again, talking about how certain characters should always hate one another. There's little things like that. And that's why I like that on days too, it sort of carries over with that's Gabby's house. Like why was she staying with her brother when that's her house? Like <laughs> Stephen yeah. gave it to her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, she got that house and, and I love that, you know, Julie still hates Gabby about Nick Fallon oh, and yeah. other things, but having characters who don't forget and will always hold it. That's why it's annoying. The only reason that the Carly and Ava thing is annoying for two reasons. Number one, Carly's very sanctimonious to be mad at Ava about killing number two, Connie Falcon. That's Carly. Right. Which for me, Carly should, I really do wish, and I know this is not going to happen, but I wish that they would reveal that Carly switched to test results and Morgan is actually, do you know how powerful that story would be if Morgan was actually oh, yeah. Avery's father and Carly switched those results? I mean, honestly, they can bring that to life now and I'd still be shocked, but oh, yeah. also. And it's so believable. I mean, let's not forget that Y&R changed Summer's paternity and then changed it back to, you know, I mean, Kyle was once her brother. <laughs> I mean, so it, it's not like, and they never sadly went back on Abby being Brad's instead of Victor's because that just still makes more sense. And and bless Brad's heart. Now he's dollar bill. Um, and I've still got to mock that name by the way, but it's Kill one me. of those things that it it's cute when, when they do stuff like that you can believe. And that's something that you would 100% believe. It's not like undoing Erica Kane's abortion and <laughs> casting for Colin Egglesfield, who 110% killed it, but you'll always be known as that to me. And it's like, it's not fair. But with Carly, with Avery, and switching that test to be Sunny over Morgan, because tying him to her, tying her to her son versus her husband, that's such a Carly move. And that's such a Carly thing to sit on and and that would make so much sense. It would bring all the drama with Morgan dead or alive. Yeah, I think that, and I, you know, it's going to be very interesting when Sonny gets back to Port Charles. And here's what I think is going to happen. I'm okay with a Sonny and Nina romance as long as Nina doesn't sleep with him when she knows he's Sonny and he does not. Now, if he eventually falls in love with her, then he finds out who he is and he's hurt by the fact that she didn't tell him, but at the same time, he spent all these, he's created all these memories with her and he's fell in love with her. And then they end up sleeping together once he knows he's Sonny. I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with yet another rapey storyline where she, 
takes emotional advantage of him, sleeps with him while knowing who he is and she not, because if she, honestly, as you predicted, Lucretia, if that happens, if Nina wakes up in bed with Sonny, that is a nail in the coffin to that character and she's done. That's it. it. Because the thing is, is whether she does or she doesn't, it's irrelevant. We're talking about Carly Corinthos here. Mob queen Carly. Carly ain't going to accept anything outside of that anyway. And we all know that the reason that Ava sticks around is because, you know, Ava's got the receipts. She's got Sonny's baby. She She's taken care of. Um, or Morgan's, whichever. But it, it's one of those, the same thing with Alexis. And they don't want Sonny anyway. But with someone like Nina and, you know, with Sonny and with Jax, and they're still uh, like, you know, there's a reason you can't have Brenda and Carly in the same room. It's that same territorial woman thing. And, and to me, this is sort of Nina's nail in the coffin. Withholding this, it's certainly where Carly's concerned. Yeah. I mean, well, I agree. And I think that Nina... Um... I think it's going to be very interesting because if we get back and Carly and Jax are back together and then Sunny and Nina have started something and she brings, I can see, first of all, I would hope that Nina just brings Sunny home and walks him in and be like, surprise, okay. <laughs> been sleeping with him this whole time and then at that, like, honestly, I hope Carly and Jax get back together. I hope Carly and Jax get Yeah, engaged. they work. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope they get engaged and then they say, oh, we should get married. And then if Carly and Jax are about to get married and the preacher says, is there anyone out here who is against this speak now forever hold your peace? Nina walks in with Sonny. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. I just wrote the episode, guys. I did it. I put it out there in the ether. So if it's happening, I said it here first on Believe in Soap Operas. <laughs> I know. I was like, I feel like we should we should end there. Like that was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> we, do. Um, we didn't really talk about performance of the week fully, but you know, I think that one thing I want to point out is Lawrence Saint Victor again uh-huh. acting in the episode that he wrote. Yeah, performance of the week. I know all too well that it's very difficult working with that kind of material when you did it yourself because you're in your head um, and you almost direct yourself as an actor. Um, You're like, I wrote this, so this is how I intended to, you know, so I, you know, really props to him in my opinion for performer of the week. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, the the, the thing about the soaps is that most people are always giving 100%, 110%. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, the Japanese whiskey's catching up to me now. Um, yeah. But yeah, and that everybody deserves Performer of the Week because you're literally working your ass off. Uh, but don't worry, we see you guys. But yeah, Lawrence, he was doing two jobs. So yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, I, I, I love to see it. And listen, I'm excited for everyone. Please continue to check out Soapcom Live for all updates. Uh, Lucretia's working really hard. She has some great surprises and guests coming up. Um, I'm super excited about it. I, I feel like I finally get to be a soap fan in that way again. Uh, <laughs> Patricia Terry Kahn, Mike Collier, just to name a few faces that you're going to see. So super excited. Please check out SoapConLive.com and you'll see more information about it. And make sure to follow and like their pages, people. Come on. Yeah, because guys, you can get autographs, you can do video greetings, which are like cameos, but not all these actors are on cameos. So and we have a set rate. So it's very easy and a very, hopefully, uh, great for you guys to use. It's the first Comic Con for soaps. Uh, that that's that's our new branding because because it is what it is and you can kind of draw that but you can also do 
a one-on-one -on -one meet and greet with your favorite star. Like you get three whole minutes, and I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but coming from a stand-up like me, guys, three minutes is a long time. A long time. And you can literally tell them how much you love them so much, like face-to-face, -face, right from your own living room, because it's all virtual. No need to wear a mask, no need to go out. You can stay right at home. Just go to SoapConLive.com to do that. Yeah. And you guys know being able to do that, you can then reach out to them on Twitter. And all of our soap actors are very interactive with the fans <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. So, you know, it'll be a great thing. So please check that out and support my girl. Um, also, please support Lucretia and I in Forever in a Day podcast. We are on our last few episodes of this season. And shit's been crazy, man. So get over there. We had a really great <laughs> Yeah. You can check out our recap on Forever Today After Show on the JLJ Media Network. Um, and then also to find out more about me, follow me at Darrell Anthony on Twitter. I am Darrell Anthony on Instagram. And of course, Darrell Anthony on Facebook. And check out Pride the Podcast and Pride the Series on Amazon Prime. Lucretia, where can they find you, honey? Since I'm Lucretia Line, guys, you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe in Soap Operas. If you're not subscribed to the show, be sure to hit that button so you get new episodes each week in the feed of your favorite podcasting app. Like us, rate us. Have something to say? Leave us a review. And if you're looking for the video version of this podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel and like our Facebook page, all under Believe in Soap Operas. That's B-L-E-A-V. We'll be streaming live every Monday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern, and that's 3.30 p.m. Pacific, on Facebook and YouTube, so join in on the fun there. And don't forget to visit SoapConLive.com to check out our complete schedule, purchase autographs, video greetings, and book your virtual meet and greet with your favorite soap star today. And you can also catch up on Forever in a Day, the first soap opera to go back to the roots of audio during the pandemic. Season two is now streaming on all the podcast platforms you can find this one. Stay safe and sane, soap fans, and stay tuned for more Believe in Soap Operas. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.